Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Well, shalom. Bokatov. Or as my friend said, broken toe. That's like a good morning. We are back. Regresamos. Está aquí. We are in the house. Praise God. For those of you who don't know, we just got back from Israel, and we had such a wonderful experience in Israel. La pasamos bien en Israel. And I want to thank everybody uh, for the wonderful blessing that you've given to Pastora Kaya and myself. Gracias por bendecir a Pastora Kaya y a mí. Um, I'd be up here for months trying to tell you what we've experienced. Me llevaría mucho tiempo cantarles sobre nuestro vieja. Mm, pero we decided, since we had such a great time, is to offer the church to go with us the next time. Yeah. ¿Quieres venir con nosotros el año que viene? Would you guys want to go next year? Yeah? Okay, well, we're going to make it happen. It's going to take a sacrifice. Because it ain't free. The church ain't paying for it. Don't get it twisted. We believe in generosity, but hey. <laughs> Praise God. You guys are going to hear some news in the near future. We are setting up a trip to Israel in 2021. We want to invite everybody to come. It is expensive. I will just tell you. But the experience is well worth it. It is a life-changing. You notice I didn't say the trip or vacation. I said the experience is life-changing to stand where Jesus stood, to see what David saw, to see where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob went, just to be able to see and feel and be in the atmosphere, to be at the Wailing Wall, to, to see our Jewish brothers and sisters and how they worship God. And, and how can we as Christians even speak out against their relationship that they have with the Father? Do you guys know that we, we do have the same God? We do have the same forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But us as Christians tend to most of the time, thank you, Lord, Christians, we tend to do so many things and we like to judge them because they don't have Jesus. They didn't accept Jesus. And, and I'm not going to get into the doxology and the theology behind everything and about salvation. And, and us as Christians tend to do different things. And, and I'm just here to tell you because I've been struggling since I've gotten back on what am I going to preach and what am I going to talk about? And I told everybody this morning I had writer's block, but God is just confirming something in my spirit. There, there was a different message this morning, but right now as God is beginning to speak, I'm going to share with you just a little bit of what God poured into me while I was in Israel. Amen. I won't keep you long. I'm not going to bore you with the small details, praise God, but there's something that I want you to understand when it comes to our Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, as we look, how many people know that Jesus was Jewish? Did you guys know he was Jewish? Yeah. And when you think of being 
Jewish, what, what do we most tend to think of? We think of rules. We think of the law. We think of Moses and, and all the laws that he had. And, and do you know that even right now to this day, Jewish people still keep the law? But as Christians, we like to say, well, we're not under the law. We don't have to do that. And I love the fact that, you know, so many Christians say that we're free from the law, but they love to use it when it comes to tithing. Well, pastor, you know, the, the law has passed away. And, and no, 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 no. The law was fulfilled. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to share with you. Some of the times, and, and, and look, I'll make it short. We'll get up out of here. You guys can get your hour back today. You can get that hour you lost last night. I'm going I'm to release you so you can go home and take a nap for an hour. Get that hour back. Amen? I, I anoint the hour of sleep nap time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, look on your phone. Go to BibleGateway.com, uh, whatever. I want you to read and just look at the scripture. It comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians 3 and 23. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatever you do, you do it to God and not to be seen of men. And guess what? That man also isn't just people around you. That man might be you. Proverbs 16 and 7 says this, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Let me give you a perspective on peace before I start preaching this. Peace doesn't mean that people get along with you. Peace means that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I need you to understand that the children of Israel who are Jewish that have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, for some reason, they are still receiving the promises of God. They are still following the law that we say is passed away, that we say we don't have to follow. They are still doing the rules, but guess what? God is still blessing them and protecting them and causing their enemies to be at peace with them. We have the awesome opportunity to go visit right at the border of Lebanon and Israel. And, and it, it is, it, it, they usually don't take people there because there's things still going on. There's bombs being dropped. There's, there's all kinds of suicide bombers and attacks that are happening, but they take us there. I don't know why, but it was, it was God. So we get there, and, and as we're seeing, I could look across the mountain, and I see an outpost. And in the outpost, it is... Um, the Lebanese army that's sitting there. So basically it's, was it Hamas? Hezbollah. Hezbollah. So Hezbollah's there. Hezbollah's an enemy. They're a terrorist group that runs the country and they're looking at Israel and they're trying to figure out, okay, what are they doing? They're looking at us and we're looking at them and we're standing there. And this guy's telling me about the promises of God. Now, mind you, every Israeli we ran into knows the Bible. Whether they were secular and when I say secular, you know, like Christians that say they believe in God, but don't go to church. Whether they're like that, everybody knew the Psalms. 
And this one guy looked at us and he says, do you know that God promised and he told that wherever the land that Israel inhabits, that God has called forth the land to give up her fruit. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. It's good you said that. He goes, no, I need you to see something. He said, right here is Israel. Over there is Lebanon. Lebanon. Look at the land. Look at their land. We're standing on farmland. On the farmland, everything's green and blossoming. And I look just 15 feet from where Israel is across the border into Lebanon, and their farm fields are barren. He said, normally the yield for an olive tree is about 96 bushels a year for one normal olive tree around the world. But here in Israel, because of the promise of God, it's like 126 bushels a year because they are God's chosen people. You guys listening to me? So do you think just because God, he said, I called you my chosen people, that when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, has come to set us free, even though they haven't received him, do you think God says you're no longer my chosen people? God is not a man that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent. What he said is so. So they are still the chosen people, and I see this, and, and when I think of Jewish people, I think about the Talmud. I think about the Old Testament. I think about the laws, and, and if I'm correct, I think there's like 613 laws that they follow. 613 laws. Are you guys with me on this? That's a lot of things that have to follow. 613. That's not counting the Ten Commandments. And in those, out of those 613, these are broke down into three groups. And those three groups are civil, ceremonial, and moral laws. Three things. You have civil, which is the law. So if you do something, you steal, that, that's in the law. What's going to happen to you? You steal. If you steal, this is going to happen. Ceremonial is, is how you go about worshiping God. This is part of the law. This is the way you do it. This is who can do it, who can't do it. Then you have moral law. Which today in America, because we're so holy, we're a Christian nation, our morals have gone out the door. People are like, what are morals? What is the moral standard? It changes. No, it doesn't. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. For he is the word of God. He is our standard of morals. And just because the, the nation changes doesn't mean the people God change. Don't make me get political on you. We sit down and we give our votes to people that are immoral. We stand for parties that are immoral and stand for immoral things. For abortion. We stand for parties that just really will sit down and believe in the degradation and the tearing up of the foundation of marriage. And we vote for these people. Morality. I'm a Christian. I belong to Christ and my morals belong and they come from the Bible. They will not change. They will never change. And that's the way I vote. I, I'm looking at you guys right now and I know you don't like it, but guess what? Know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You want to know how to vote when the vote comes up? Look at Exodus chapter 18 verse 20 and that's how you vote. Look it up. I'm not going to talk about it. Back to what I was saying. We look, at the, we look at all these people and all these laws, and we say, man, they got to follow these laws. Praise God for Jesus Christ that we don't have to go through all those laws. Because right now, half of us are violating them right now. 
right at this moment. We'd be found guilty of breaking the law, and then we'd have to go sacrifice an animal or do whatever. We don't have all that. We got the awesome opportunity to sit down and celebrate a Sabbath. It was, it was, you guys, you, you think we worship? I sat down and watched these people that we say don't have a relationship with God because they don't have Jesus Christ. But I've seen them pouring out their lives. I was on the plane on the way to Israel. I don't know. It's old dark 30 and it's prayer time. And I see people standing up in the aisles, unashamed, sit down and they begin to open up their book and they begin to pray. And, and look, I'm sorry if I'm in your way, but right now I'm about to pray. They're standing above you praying to God. And a lot of us in here won't even say grace over our food at Chick-fil-A. That's that quick prayer. Then Jesus bless food. Amen. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but we say the Jews don't have a relationship with God. It's about rules, pastor. Well, is it? 613 rules that they have to follow, 613 laws. And I began to see this, but God set it up in such a way when we were in Israel, we were able to meet this rabbi by the name of Moisha, and it's, it's Moses, basically. And Rabbi Moses spent over 30-something years studying our Bible. And as he began to preach, he began to say a few things, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but I, I began to see, you know, I, I never really judged the Jewish people because I knew that they, listen very carefully, that they are the chosen people. And who am I to speak against God's chosen people? Who am I to judge God's chosen people? But I learned a lesson from my Jewish brothers and sisters as, as Rabbi Moisha began to speak and tell us about the law. And I was like, okay, the law. So this is what I began to see, if I could just talk to you about it for a moment is is that you know here at our church we talk about it's real relevant relationships amen and any real relevant relationship means it's not about me it's about denying myself and pleasing the person that I'm in relationship with now just so you guys know I'm married to a beautiful woman named Pastora Kaya Butcher Kaija by the way we found out her name in in Hebrew means life Chaya. That's how they say. Chaya. And she has given me lots of life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So anyway, I have a relationship with my wife. And this is the problem that we have in church today. Listen, just keep problem in your head. Is that if me and my wife, I love her so much, I want to please my wife. If I want to please my wife, I can't please her the way that I want to please her. I have an idea and go, you know what? This is going to please because, you know, guess what? Because it's comfortable for me and because I like to, I, matter of fact, I don't eat certain things. I, I like things plain. So if I want to please my wife and I go, I, I like eating hamburgers with, with nothing on them. So I'm going to please my wife and give her a hamburger with nothing on it. She don't like plain hamburgers. I like plain hamburgers. So therefore, I'm trying to please her the way that I want to please her, the way that I think. And you know what that does in a relationship? It ends it. So if I want to know what pleases my wife, I got to get to know her and find out what pleases her. I need to know what her love 
languages. There's a book out called Love Languages, and it talks about people's different love languages. What is it? You know, people, words of affirmation, there's touch, there's, there's uh, quality time, there's these different things. And, and I begin, if, if I begin to sit down and spend time, if I spend time with my wife, I'll begin to learn that which will please her. And then that way, if I want to please her, I'm going to do for her what pleases her, not what pleases me, even if it means that I have to be uncomfortable. Even if it means I don't like it, if I want to please the one that I love, I will do it. I will deny myself and bear the cross to make sure that the one that I love, who loves me, that I please her. Because love aims to please. You guys following me? One day, Kai and I sat down and we were talking. We're going through a marriage. And the best thing to do, saints of God, is when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, if you really want things to work, you don't just talk about it. Honey, what do you like? She could tell me and eventually I'll forget. You guys forgot what I said at the beginning of service. But what if she writes it down? I have something to go back and refer to. Man, sounds like a scripture. Write the vision down. Make it plain so they that read it can take it and run with it. So my wife wrote down, this is what I like, John. Guess what else she wrote? This is what I don't like. This is what will happen if you do this. Are you with me? And I didn't sit down and look at that list and go, what? I don't think I should have to do all this. And she looks at me and she says, it's your choice. I'm not going to make you do any of this. But if you love me, you'll keep my command. I'm sorry. If you love me, you'll do this. I love you. You love my eye. You're the apple of my eye. I want to please you. I want to love you. I, I, I want to show you. And listen, listen, I, my love goes beyond that which you do for me. And I know as a result of my love for you, because you love me, that I know you're going to just, you're going to take care of me at the same time. So, so it, it, the thing that, that you guys have to understand is that God wrote down his love language and it came in the form of the law, which in in, in, in uh, Greek is the word trellis. And if you guys know what a trellis is, a trellis is something you put in a vineyard or you put in plants that keeps the plant from growing on the ground. So what happens is, as the plant comes off the ground and grows upward on the trellis, it becomes more fruitful. So if I give a trellis to you for your life, if I give you a trellis, if I give you rules, if I give you regulations, it's not to hinder your progress, it's to make you more fruitful. So here's these Jewish people following all these laws. And me as a Christian judges them because of these laws, not realizing until I heard rabbi begin to speak that 
listen, these laws that are given in our Bible is just the love language of God telling us this is what you could do to please me. And this is what you could do to displease me. But when you do what pleases me, then I will cause your enemies to be in peace with you. You will be blessed. You shall prosper. You will inherit the land. But if you disobey, if you do your thing, you can't come to me any old way. So God placed the law. This is what all I love. This is what just, it, man, listen to this, this Jewish guy speak. You would swear he was an evangelical preacher. He sounded like a born-again Christian. But, you know, this is what he said. And I, I'm just going to paraphrase. He goes, I love my wife so much. She loves flowers. She loves for me to bring her a flower. Isn't that nice? Let's go out and bring her a rose. That's what she wants from me. But I don't bring my wife a rose. I bring her a dozen roses. She requires a rose, but I bring her a dozen. Why? Because I love her so much, I go above and beyond that which she asks of me. It isn't about following the rules. It's about me doing what she asked to show her how much I love her. I don't bring her the rose because she asked. I bring her a dozen roses because I feel she deserves it. And we sit and we complain about this. But I began to see that these Jewish people, even on the Sabbath, watch this, you guys. Let me tell you about rules. Watch what they do. If you ever notice, now that I'm going to say this to you, that you'll see Jewish, a lot of Jewish men on the Sabbath, they walk around like this. They hold their hands to keep from working because on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to work. They even have Sabbath elevators because pressing the buttons are working. You're not supposed to tear anything. So going to the bathroom, it becomes a little difficult. Especially if you need to tear some toilet paper. What about flushing the toilet? It's work. You guys are sitting there going, oh, they must be nasty over there. Watch this. They do all these rules to please the Lord. So they came up with ways. They sit down piles of tissue in the bathroom so you don't have to tear the tissue. They have automatic flushing toilets. They have elevators that are called Sabbath elevators. They keep you from working. I saw one man, watch this, sitting in the elevator. He couldn't press a button, just playing with his kid for like five minutes, waiting for the elevator to move. He didn't press any buttons. He was just going to ride the elevator until it got to his floor. And I sat and said to myself, before I heard uh, Rabbi Moisha, Moisha, I sat and I go, you see, these, these people are so inconvenienced for the rules. But then I thought, he's doing it because he loves the Lord. Because he has a relationship with God. And if there's anything we could learn that this man from this man is that he inconvenienced himself so much that it took up some time just to prove that he loved God, not to men, but to him and God alone. It wasn't about me looking at him going, look at him trying to follow rules. It was about him going, God, I love you so much that it pleases you that I'm inconvenienced just to show you how much I love you. It's a love letter. And if there's anything I can leave you with today, it's this. 
God gave us his word. It's a love letter. He tells us how much he loves us. And then he shows us how to love him through his word. I'm going to close with this. Come on up here, Tira. We as Christians complain so much about how Jews have these laws. But do you know, and I looked this up, they have 613 laws, not counting the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, there's over 1,050 commandments to us, the church. That's 1,050 commandments. There are rules that God asks us to do. I, I can go through some. There's seven abstains, seven things to avoid, three ask, two things to awake to, three um, are 74 things, 74 B's. Be not, you know, the B attitudes, 74 different things. There's 30, there's 30 B nots, 14 bewares, four believes, one thing not to believe, 10 things to do, 10 not to do. There's all these things. And it's not about following the laws. It's not about trying to go, well, I'm going to be upstanding. I'm not going to be like the Jewish, the rich young ruler that went to Jesus and said, look, Jesus, I kept all the commandments. What do I need to do to inherit, inherit the kingdom of God? No, it's not about that. God said, so what? You did the rules, but you never showed that you love me. If you truly want to show that you love me, go sell all your stuff to the poor. Give up everything and follow me. What did the Bible say he did? He went away. Sorrowful. Because it was, for him, it was all about following the rules. There was no relationship. And what God is calling us to do is to have relationship with him. Saints, not what you think is following God. The world and even some of us in here say, well, you know, I'm just giving God what I, I think is best. He don't accept that. He don't accept what you think is right. He's wrote it down in his word. What he requires of people that will follow him. If any man should follow after me, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. Any man that doesn't pick up his cross or deny himself is not worthy of Jesus Christ. God is calling us to follow him. Well, pastor, there's all these laws. I thought it was all about relationship. It is. The more time you spend with him, the more you'll get to know him. The more time you spend with him reading his word, because you're not going to know him unless you read his word. You guys hear me? How do you expect to be in relationship? if it, Men and women in here, you're not in relationship with somebody talking to them once every month. That's not a relationship. A relationship is something meaningful. It's deeper. There is talking. There's communing. There's listening and when you begin to see what God requires it, it, it's not about God what, what do you want so I can go to heaven it's like Lord I see that I can love you because you first loved me and because you first loved me and that you came and you died for me then I don't mind loving back on you how can I love you how can I show you that I love you God says this is it right here it's in my word Deny yourself. Forsake not the assembly of the church. 
Love your brothers as yourself. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. Praise God. God has called us into a relationship, a real relevant relationship with him, but it's only going to happen through his word. It's only going to happen by doing and being obedient, making him Lord and not just Savior. Amen? Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.